This is Empowered Human Academy. Welcome home. This is about love. This is about light. This is about the idea that you, you contain everything you will ever need. And this life of yours, this is where you expand, you grow, and you remember who you are. I'm Abe. I'm Isaac. In Empowered Human Academy, we join with humans of all kinds to feel the inspiration that can only come from empowered living. The stories you hear today are unique, but the energy? The energy you hear today is yours, too. So, with hearts wide open, let's begin. Thank you for being here. Hey crew, this episode is Pay What Feels Good. Rather than pulling in sponsors and paid advertisements, we are excited to try something different. I'll talk more about this at the very end of this episode, or you could read more at empoweredhumanacademy.com. Hello, Empowered Humans, and welcome back. Thank you for taking the time to hang out with us. Before jumping into today's conversation, we want to give you the heads up about our newest offering, Light Word Together. If you're interested in taking an even deeper dive into the themes we cover on this podcast, then Light Word Together is for you. Light Word Together is a bi-monthly group coaching experience and ongoing community that's all about creating your own joy and a life you're excited about. Our next group coaching session is February 15th, and we'd love to see you there. To sign up and for more information, head over to lightword.com together. Now, on to today's episode. Our guest today is the talented photographer and self-described deep feeler, Megan Cantor. Megan and her husband, Nate, run their own wedding photography business, Cedar and Pines, and we are major fans of their work. We've collaborated with them on a couple projects and plan to be hiring them for our anniversary photo shoots forever and ever. Amen. Thank you so much. While Megan is typically on the road traveling for weddings, due to the pandemic, she has been settling into a slower pace, putting down roots, and finding new rhythms at their home in Joshua Tree. Throughout this conversation, we explore discovering contentment, what it means to trust yourself, and mindfully limiting external stimulation so you can begin to create work that feels different and unique to you. In a lot of ways, this conversation is about existing in that liminal space before you know what you're going to create next. It's an exploration of how to stay in tune with yourself as you create a life that feels interesting to you. We loved this window into Megan's life that feels especially resonant and timely as we're all navigating this uncharted moment in time together. So let's get into it. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Empowered Human Academy. Today, we have our awesome friend, <laughs> Megan Cantor. Megan, thank you so much for joining us. We're so excited to dive into conversations about life and all the things that we usually talk about when we're together in person and over text. So thanks for joining us. How are you doing today? I'm doing well today. I had a nice walk and I've had a very productive morning. So I'm actually feeling pretty good. <laughs> I love Excellent. It. Let's dive into it. Cheers to that. As with every episode, we begin with the question of identity, not the identity you present to others, not the way you introduce yourself necessarily. It might be the same. But what I want to get at is how you think of yourself as outside of any roles or, or external labels as you can. When you come home and it's just you and you don't have to be anything for anyone, who are you? What words of identity do you choose? Hmm. That's a fantastic question. And the question that I feel like I am asking myself all the time. <laughs> yeah, so... I think I'm I'm definitely like a deep feeler. And I think that that's ultimately like that's the word that I kind of come back to. It inspires a lot of my choices. And yeah, it's in an ideal world and the ideal version of myself. I'm a person who's able to reach those feelings deeply and quickly and in a really like profound and meaningful way. 
but I also think I have realized about myself too that I also just like like to have fun (laughs) and be silly and make cocktails and eat food and I don't know you know just kind of on a basic level of like when I'm not around other people I do crosswords (laughs) yeah so you know I think it's it's this kind of like two sides thing where like I I'm a really deep feeler but that also means that I feel joy really strongly and I feel contentment in a deep and like really profound way. So yeah. <laughs> that reminds me a lot of somebody that I'm married to. Does that, does any of that language make sense to you? Abe? Oh yeah, for sure. Tell me, okay, before we dig into like the deep feeling, tell me something that you had fun with recently. Why not? Hmm. I've been having fun with my dog <laughs> lately. His name's Theo and he is a Doberman. He's like 85 pounds. He's huge. And he's just the weirdest, silliest dog ever. Um, <laughs> And I take him on walks in the morning and he's very good with like, you know, heal and sit and stay and all of that stuff. And so when we go on walks, we like work on all that stuff. And it's just so funny to like see him. He'll like dart after like a rabbit or something. And then I'll be like, Theo, come. And then he like comes right back. <laughs> uh, and it's it's just this like silly thing. Like he's just such a funny dog. And I love that. <laughs> Wonderful. I love I love holding uh, just in your description both both sides of that. Like I'm a I'm a deep feeler. There is deep joy, and also there's deep levity. Is that a thing? Like deep deep lightheartedness. Yeah. Sure, totally. <laughs> Why not? That's absolutely there. Yeah. Um, the the first question that I had when you introduced the idea of in an ideal state I reach my deep feelings quickly. I feel like the question begging to be asked here is. Tell me about your relationship to that ideal state. Like, tell me about times mm-hmm. when you, when that, when that kind of sensation isn't easily accessible. What does that feel like to you? What do you do about it, if anything? Mm-hmm. That, what's that story? I feel like there is always a battle within myself to be this ideal version of myself, but also to be really honest. And I think as, so I'm an Enneagram 4, and I think anyone who is an Enneagram 4 might relate to this, but there's there's kind of this always deep desire to be the truest version of yourself, no matter what that is. And so on a, you know, on a good day, that means being somebody who, yeah, who can reach those feelings, who can be empathetic towards others, who can channel that into something good, something creative, you know, whatever that might be. But I think on a, on a bad day, what it also looks like is being really honest with myself and knowing like what my weak points are and knowing like the darkest parts of myself, the most like selfish parts of myself you know, the things that I'm not proud of that I don't want to share or, you know, whatever. It's like, I think just always wanting to reach the truest form of myself. And sometimes there's like a conundrum there of like, I want to be good, but I also know that I'm selfish <laughs> sometimes, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. I literally, a minute prior to hopping on the recording, I lit a candle and the inside of it says, nothing gives rest, but the sincere search for truth. And that feels apropos here and that feel that sounds that sounds like a, a brave exercise like to be to be simultaneously committed to honesty while like ha- having the 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 battle i think was the word that you used for mm-hmm. being your best self let me not put words into it well, how does that feel to you like what does it feel like to hold both those things it feels confusing and i uh, honestly i think that this year more than any other time in my life i have had to be okay with being in that uncomfortable state I think that this year probably for most people has has showed that like there is a lot that happens in the gray areas and life is not as black as black and white as one might hope it would be, 
you know? And so I think, yeah, just learning to kind of lean into that space of being uncomfortable, willing to kind of look at the dark parts of myself, but then also learning to trust myself, like truly and deeply trust who I am. And what does that look like for you? We have a a membership group called Lightwork Together. And this is the plug. <laughs> um, no, but actually someone in the, in, the, in the group asked that the other day. What does it mean to trust yourself? And what does mm-hmm. it mean to trust yourself? What Megan? does it feel like? How do you know if How do you know if it? you're doing it right? What does that yeah. relationship feel like? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, that is the question. How do you know when you're doing it right? Yeah. But I think, you know, in a, to give a practical example, this year as, you know, my husband and I, we run a photography business. We shoot weddings. This year, we have had to deal with that question of, are we doing this right? Mm-hmm. So many times, <laughs> you know, as we've had to cancel weddings, as we've had to postpone things, as we have chosen to go forward with some of the weddings that we did, always kind of like, are we making the right choice? And I think that overall, like this year, really showed me that we did make the right choice (laughs) in so many areas, you know, in the moment it was like, this is hard and this is confusing. And there were moments where I'm like, I don't know if I made the right choice, but looking back, it's like, I'm proud of that decision that I made. And so I think it's maybe in the moment it feels confusing, but if you can look back at those questions and feel like you made the right choice in the long run, like, then I think it's like, you learn to kind of trust that more often. That makes sense. Yeah. That the kind of, I want to zoom in briefly on the length, like the the words, the right choice. There's, <laughs> yeah. There's the choice that you can look back on with pride and say, like, I'm glad that I decided that. What does what does the right choice mean for you? Does it vary? Yeah. I mean, it definitely varies depending on the circumstance. Sure. But I think if I can look back on the choice and feel like I made the the most appropriate choice given the circumstances and if there's any, you know, and then kind of sit with that, like, mm-hmm. is there anything about this that like feels funny mm-hmm. that I did? Is there anything about this that maybe feels totally right? Mm-hmm. You know? And I think in the context of this year, you know, there were points where we chose to cancel weddings or cancel our part of the wedding yeah, um, yeah. because we didn't feel good about the travel or the circumstance, or maybe there were like government restrictions in place and things like that. And, and I think we tended to, in comparison to a lot of other people who were doing similar work, mm-hmm. we tended to be more on the conservative side of saying like, we're going to follow, you know, the government restrictions, even though we probably could get away with a lot of the stuff or, you know, even just regard in regards to our own health and safety, like we would rather keep ourselves healthy and safe than to make a choice that could potentially hurt, hurt ourselves or somebody else. And so I think it's in learning to trust myself. It's like, when I look back on this year, I feel like we made, for the most part, we made like really good decisions that I feel strongly about, Mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. In the moment, you briefly mentioned a little bit about like, how does it make me feel, right? So are you like a feeler in in your decision-making? Are you more Mm -hmm. logical? Because you said earlier, you feel really deeply. Yeah. Do those kind of guide your decision-making kind of principles and and the way you Yeah. Think. I'm definitely more of like a gut feel <laughs> kind of person than I am a logical pros and cons kind of person. I don't know. There's just like a gut feeling. Abe, you and I were talking earlier about houses. We just moved to Joshua Tree, um, my husband and I. And when we were making that choice, it really, really was a gut feeling 
of like, I think this is the right place to be. We, you know, we have been living on the road for all this time. We travel with our work. We ultimately could pretty much live anywhere. There's nothing tying us to one place or another. And yeah, when we decided, okay, it's time to put down roots, it was a gut feeling. <laughs> and it was weird because in the moment I was like, I don't know how to explain this to somebody else. Got it. I don't know how to put this into the right words to make it sound logical or sure. like the smart choice, you know, or anything like that. It was just like this, this place feels right and I'm yeah. ready. That was funny you said that because I was going to ask you, what did it feel like in your gut? Like, was it a sense of peace? Was it a sense of like internal knowing? I know you said you can't really describe yeah. it, but like. No, I think it's you know? it's a sense of peace and a sense of excitement about it. Mm. Nate and I have always had this kind of mantra when we make choices together. We always want to make sure we're not running away from something, but that we're running towards something. And so in those like decisions, you know, especially regarding house, which is just a huge decision, <laughs> it was like, are we really, really excited about this? You know, are we, it, it, there, I think there is a sense of peace that comes with that, but also like a sense of excitement totally. about it. This reminds me of what you said at the very beginning, like you're a deep feeler, but also you like to have fun. Like, is this is it fair <laughs> to say that this applies here? If you feel both of those simultaneously, this is the right path? Hmm. Yeah. Do you mean like in regards to the house or just broadly, broadly, like I'm here, I'm hearing you say like, like I I feel it in my gut. And also there's a sense of excitement that comes along with that. Mm -hmm. And it reminds me of those two things that you were expressing earlier, the deep feeling. And also you like to have fun. It sounds like Mm -hmm. you're both right now. Yeah. I think that they're, they go hand in hand. And I think for so long, I think I had like defined myself as this person who feels really deeply, but who mostly feels sad. (laughs) And that is true for me a lot of times, but I think just, I don't know, as I've gotten older, I've realized it's like a lot easier to live with joy (laughs) than it is to live with sadness. But I think they both have their place and they both inform different things. But I think if we can like, just, I don't know, hold on to those moments of positivity and joy in our lives, like, I don't know, makes it a lot easier to live life. (laughs) I was telling Isaac this morning, I was like, I was in pain for a lot of my life in more than one way. I'm not about that life anymore. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like I've experienced it. It doesn't, it it sucks really. I mean, Mm -hmm. what is your journey of joy? What does that look like for you? Mm -hmm. I feel like it's a more recent discovery. (laughs) It kind of sucks that it took me like 27 years of life to figure that out. I think it's been especially apparent lately. I've been thinking and reflecting a lot on the idea of contentment. Mm. And I think, I think that there's like, it's almost countercultural to like be content (laughs) Um, (laughs) because I mean, like all of us are all kind of like searching for happiness, but then like, once you actually feel happy, then it's like, this doesn't feel right. Like I should be wanting more. I should be seeking more. I should be being more ambitious, making more money. I should be traveling more, all of those things. Like, it's funny how, like when we, we make goals, you know, they're like, I want to in five years do this. And then like, once you're there in five years, are you like happy that you made that? (laughs) Are you happy that you're there? And so anyways, I've just been thinking a lot about this idea of contentment because I feel really content with my life right now. And it almost feels uncomfortable (laughs) because for so long, like it's, you know, just trying to be ambitious. It's getting to the next goal, you know, and when living on the road, it's always getting to the next location 
to the next job, to the next, you know, whatever it might be. And now having, having bought a house, being in one place and really like having to stay home and, <laughs> and quarantine, I've just been finding a lot of contentment in who I am in so many different ways of life. And it's, it's just like this weird thing where I'm like, is this right? Is it okay <laughs> to be happy and to not want for a lot of things, Yeah, you know? Yeah. Was this a thing that sort of dawned on you or was it a feeling that you experimented with and then got over time somewhat familiar with or mm -hmm. like, what, what was the transition into this knowing like yeah I think it was more of like a dawning on me you know it was maybe like a couple weeks ago I just like wow you know we'd been we've been in our house for a while and mm -hmm. and I had I just hadn't really thought about it and then like one day I was like I'm really happy with with where we are and it kind of has come through a lot of like reflecting on the past too over the past few weeks I've been going through a lot of old photos I you know finally have all this time off and so I've been making photo books that I've been saying I was going to make for like years so I'm finally like going through the process of, of editing those photos of compiling them into a book you know all of that and I think in that process of reflection I've had like these moments of pride of like this is where we were like three years ago and this is where we are now. And like, we've, we've just grown so much as people, as business owners, as adventurers. As <laughs> and it's like, I think it's just really like birthed this kind of like honest contentment. <laughs> yeah. I could, I, I want to dive into so much. I feel like that's Isaac's on every podcast. Isaac said, I could talk about so much. I, well, I can't because I, I lean towards my four wing a lot. So I understand this like desire and yearning for more and really being contemplative about like purpose and all these different things. And we're interviewing you because we love your heart and your mind and your creativity. And we find you really inspiring. And, and we've actually worked with you on a creative, you know, project for some of our anniversary shoots. And I'm curious to, to know how this kind of contentment and journey of joy, like is impacting your creativity and what is on your mind, like for looking forward for you? Mm -hmm. Well, this is the first time we've had a long break in years. You know, usually we have, usually we have a decent break during the winter, but it's, you know, maybe three or four weeks, but we've had since like middle of November off. And then our next shoot isn't until March. And so yeah, it's the first time I've had really like the time off and also been in one place mm -hmm. to actually like reflect and think and I don't know, start to create like routines and I don't know, kind of feel this sense of security and safety mm -hmm. to actually reflect on what like this past, what, five years or so of traveling has been like for us. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, I think Nate and I were just talking about this the other day of we've gotten to a place with our, our business where we're not worried about inquiries as much. You know, we don't have to worry about where we're going to get our bookings. All of that is kind of coming in a regular fashion. And so it's for years, it's it was just like trying to get the bookings, you know, trying to do something new and different, you know, creatively or regarding photography or just in our own lives. And now I feel like we're at this place where we're where, where there's kind of a sense of stability mm -hmm. and it's made me kind of stop caring a lot about mm -hmm. trends and keeping up with what everyone else is doing and keeping up with like the Instagram stuff and 
you know, all of that. And it's made me just really want to create work that I think is really interesting. So that's been cool because, you know, right now I'm also going through the process of like blogging a lot of our weddings from the year. And then the photos that I've been picking out are like for blogs and stuff are like more of the weird ones, (laughs) more of the ones that are interesting and different. Um, And I think we have been so busy for so many years and we have just been nonstop, which has been amazing. We've gone to so many cool places, but now we have this time to actually like reflect on all of that Mm. and everywhere we've been and the couples that we've shot and the places that we've gotten to travel to. And it's actually like starting to inform this other kind of deeper creative part of ourselves. And that's been really good. So, and also in regards to that too, just I've been really limiting my sources of inspiration. There's a tendency, I think on Instagram and with a creative business to kind of keep up with what everyone else is doing. But I have found that to be like not very conducive to like a creative like sense of freedom. And so I have been just not following very many people (laughs) anymore and trying to find inspiration more in other ways in nature and in books and in old photographers and art from like my art history classes in college and things like that. Um, Just kind of like trying to limit it to instead of like what everyone else is doing right now, think more slowly and more long, (laughs) if that makes sense, longer, (laughs) think longer. (laughs) And so I've been finding a lot of inspiration in other places. Love that. I'm very excited about everything you just said. For the benefit of all, could you actually define what you mean by slower and longer, I suppose? Mm -hmm. Where I'm going with this is I want to know more about what you're discovering you want to make. And that feels like a good entry point. So what what does the slow and long perspective mean and feel like to you when you're thinking about your own creation? Yeah. So a couple things. I think being able to think slower and longer (laughs) has come for me from being able to actually just like separate myself from my work. I think as artists and especially as somebody who runs a business, it's really easy to let your identity be informed by what you do. And that I think has been a huge struggle for me, especially when we were living on the road, because it kind of felt like everything we were doing was about work. Everything we, the places we were going, how we ran our day, everything was about like these jobs that we were going to. And now that we've been in a house and like kind of developed a sense of routine and also a sense of separation. Yeah. It's been like really, really good for the creative process because I've been able to separate like the business side of stuff from the creative side of stuff, which ultimately makes both of the things better. <laughs> so in terms of like thinking long and slow <laughs> in practical sense, it means going on walks. It means trying to get out for sunset every day. It means reading more. It means diving into other interests like Lately for me, it's been like interior design with our house. And so I think, yeah, like giving yourself the space to think and be interested in other interests Mm -hmm. and honestly, just like not be on my phone as much. Totally. (laughs) Yeah. Because, you know, with photography, it's just like so easy to get overwhelmed by everything you see online. You know, everyone is an amazing photographer, which is Mm -hmm. great. And I, I love, but it also means that when you're constantly fed amazing photography all day long, every day, it is really hard to feel like yours holds any weight. Mm. And so I think stepping outside of that and 
not looking at Instagram anymore, going outside, playing with my dog, making a cocktail, kind of spending all of these little moments of things that I'm like remotely interested in Mm -hmm. and like really giving them some presence and some weight. Yeah. Especially when your identity was at one point so kind of consumed by this like photographer or traveler Mm -hmm. or whatever you were doing, it's nice to have that separation to then like recharge and actually get some new inspiration that isn't in the same realm of what you see in your work industry all the time. Right. And I think that's how you start to, as a creative person, like make work that's different too. You can't make work that's different by constantly looking at stuff that's the same all the time. (laughs) Okay. So, so then my question is, I mean, as a photographer myself, and I mean, I've called you literally, I remember vividly, I called you, we were in London and I was like, I don't know my identity as a photographer. What am I doing? Is this even something that I can do? And, And I think like, as artists, we have these moments of like, who am I? What am I doing? And all that kind of emotional and intellectual kind of chaos, if you will. I guess my question is, how can one trust what they want to build next? If that makes sense. As a creator, right? Especially in a world where we see the trends and we know what's cool. How how do you trust what you want to build next, if that makes sense? Or create next? Yeah. I think that there is a sense of playfulness that you have to give yourself and not make everything so serious and so tied to your work. Let yourself play, like let yourself be interested in something, whether it's yeah, interior design or woodworking or going on a bike ride, <laughs> like letting yourself be interested in something and also not forcing yourself to be amazing at it. Because I think when we put that pressure on ourselves, it's really like detrimental to being creative. You know, if you think about like a kid learning how to draw and just enjoying themselves coloring. Like it doesn't need to be good. It doesn't need to be something that you make money off of. It doesn't need to be something that is tied to your business. Just like let yourself feel play and joy. And I think that that can kind of like inform, you know, other parts of the creative process. And I think when you're like, as a creative person, when you're being fulfilled by something else, then it makes this other thing not have so much pressure. So like, with photography, you know, that's been the main source of like creative expression for me for years, which has been great. But now being in this place where we have a house and I can doodle on the piano (laughs) at night, or I can read a book or yeah, like cook something, make a cocktail, like all of these kind of just other dumb (laughs) interests, you know, it kind of, it takes the pressure off of the photography part because I'm finding creative fulfillment in all these other things. And then the photography part doesn't have to like be that for me all the time. And then just when I go to do photos, it feels a little bit more free. So not putting all of your creative expression in one form of expression. Mm. Yeah. It's interesting. Mm -hmm. And how I'm thinking about how like you can bring the play into your work then. Have you mm-hmm. noticed you being more playful or even when you when you became more confident in your work, which by the way, y'all who are listening, go look at Cedar and Pines <laughs> on Instagram. They're amazing. We will hire them forever. We love them. <laughs> um, but it, have you seen like a shift in like your own confidence as an artist, as a creator, the more you give yourself space to play? I think so. I mean, and, you know, confidence is a whole other thing. I think that like, comes in waves. But yes, I mean, I 
for example, the other day we got an album in the mail and I just needed to shoot some photos of it for our website. And so I just like grabbed a bunch of stuff from around the house and then like set up this little like makeshift studio in the corner. (laughs) And I just, I don't know. I was like, these, you know, I don't need to, obviously this wasn't for a client. So it wasn't, there wasn't that pressure, but it was also, it was just like fun to just like put something together, like throw some cactus in there and like cut some cuttings from around the yard and like, you know, put them into the photos. And, and then Nate and I were sort of doing this together and we made a video of me like flipping through the album (laughs) and we had set up a studio (laughs) which was like so ridiculous but it was like the camera on a tripod but like flipped upside down so it was shooting downwards and then three legs are like spread across like three different tables that we had set up and I'm like crouched into the corner because it was the only spot with good light (laughs) like flipping through it and I don't know it was just like there's something fun and like silly about such an elaborate ridiculous setup when we are professional photographers (laughs) glorious and I think that's really important for people to hear like there's still a human behind the the title professional. We're professionals at some things. You are professional at one thing, but we're still humans. Like we're still going to find the best light, even if it's like janky and underneath the table. You know what I'm saying? And that's what like I love the most about kind of uncovering the things behind or the humanity behind the people that we're talking to. Because mm-hmm. I mean, some of your followers on your Instagram will probably listen to this and they're like, seeing the Megan the human behind the camera and behind the beautiful exquisite art is so moving and so powerful because I feel like it empowers people to be like, oh, I can do that too. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and you, and to see your confidence kind of played out in that small, silly experience can enable someone else to do the same. That might've been a block for them. Yeah. I mean, and I think when I think back on like when we first started doing this as a business, like there's so many times where I'm like, I don't, feel like I'm doing this right. Or like, I feel like I, and you know, there's like the whole imposter syndrome thing. It's like, I feel like I'm not as good as this other person or, or I don't belong in this industry or, or whatever. But like, I look back now and I'm like, most of us who are like, quote unquote professionals or like successful, (laughs) we're all just like setting up makeshift studios in the corners of our houses, you know, like it's, and that's just like a small example, but like, we're all just kind of playing and figuring this out and having some degree of success um, or following or whatever you want to call it doesn't mean that you're going to do everything right all the time. (laughs) And I think, yeah, most of us are just like playing around and having fun. And most of us feel that imposter syndrome, even if we are successful, whatever you want to call it, you know? This happens to me every couple of episodes. I've been smiling so much that my mouth hurts. So thank you for 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 this. I feel why are you smiling? Why are you smiling? I'm smiling because I I personally feel like as a soul, Isaac's response to this is like deep relaxation. Like the mm-hmm. the perspective that I'm receiving from you is one of like a total release of I have to be anything other than what I am, or I have to create anything other than what I want to create. Like I hear what I'm hearing you say, the way it comes across this to me is that you are like developing a sense for what you actually want to make and mm-hmm. you're, you're getting better. I want to know how this lands with you because I'm, I'm placing a lot of my own words on here and I'm cognizant sure. of that. But to me, like the, the vision that's forming my mind is one of like a feedback loop where you do a thing and then you feel whether or not that was like 
what was actually the creative expression that felt like fun and like you and the deep feeling and all that. And then you do it again and you just get better at doing the thing that is actually the thing you want to make in the first place. Mm -hmm. Does any of that, which ties, does any of that apply? Which ties into self-trust. Like we were talking Mm -hmm. about earlier, that's how you get into a pattern of trusting yourself because it fucking feels good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree with that. Yeah. And and I, I just, I think that there has for me, I don't know. It's just been this, this whole kind of process these last few months of like really taking the pressure off (laughs) And because I I think like, you know, when you're so wrapped up in like, I have to be successful, I have to be trendy, I have to attract clients, I have to do all these things, like, it's so detrimental to being a creative person. You know, of course, we work through those things. And we make art, even in those hard moments. But I think just in these last few months, it just feels like I've kind of taken the pressure off. And in that I've just like found a lot of joy and a lot of inspiration and a lot of trust in myself as well. It sounds like freedom. Is that fair? Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's a big word and I don't want to say that I wasn't free before because I think, you know, all of these things have just been processes or points on a journey. Yeah. I don't want to say that I was like not free before because I definitely think like we were on a journey. Like we were, we were taking the things that were given to us and learning from them. And I think just the, the lesson that I'm learning right now is to like find yeah, a sense of levity, <laughs> just like lightness in my work um, in who I am as a person and yeah, who I am to my friends. Like, yeah. I don't know, it's all kind of just like tied in there. Absolutely. What would you say to somebody who is aware of that being a possibility, but isn't sure how to grasp it yet? Maybe that's your past self. Maybe that's me. Like I, I came from mm-hmm. a place where I felt sad all the time. And there was, there's a kind of beauty to that, right? You get to explore mm-hmm. the nuances of that also. If you were like in conversation with somebody in that place, what would you say? For myself, like if I were talking to my past self, I would say, don't be so disappointed in yourself. Mm-hmm. Trust who you are. Like trust yeah. that you've made good choices. Trust that you are doing the right thing yeah. in this moment. Because I think, you know, especially as a four, especially someone who feels really deeply, I'm constantly thinking, am I doing the right thing? Am I in the right place? Am I making the best of the circumstances that I've been given? And I think you just have to tell yourself, yes, I am. Because this is where I am. Like where I am is where I need to be. And I think just like trusting that and not being not beating yourself up or like not feeling so disappointed in, in yourself. Yeah. And just like letting that go and letting yourself feel like you are making the right choices, Mm, I think can be, yeah. Like, yeah. That you have permission to like be who you are. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's been like a really big thing for me. Who is Megan? (laughs) I think we talked about that in the beginning, but yeah, you asked, you asked that earlier, but (laughs) what inspires this question right now? Yeah. I think, I think I'm just curious, like what it feels like to feel like you in this moment of, I, I'm just coming back to this journey of joy. How are you unfolding? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think just kind of going, going back to what I was just talking about, like not letting myself feel negatively about myself. That's a hard <laughs> so I think how, how that has like played out lately, I have been getting really into routines mm-hmm. and like trying to take care of my body cool. in like a more healthy way. Yeah. And so it's been little moments instead of feeling like I didn't drink enough water today or like, Oh, I could have exercised harder or something like that. Like, cause I think that that's my tendency. My tendency is to be like 
upset that I didn't do enough. Mm-hmm. And instead just being like, Oh, I'm going to try harder tomorrow, <laughs> you know, or like, or that like, it's okay that I didn't meet this goal because I was doing something else or because I was, I was focused on another part that was also good. So yeah, like not having so much like negative self-talk, I guess, sure. which is such like a, I feel like that's such a broad, basic lesson. Like don't talk negatively to yourself. That's a radical concept. I don't know where you come from. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I mean, but to actually put that in practice yeah. and to stop thinking negatively about yourself, like it's really powerful. <laughs> Yeah, Amen. yeah, absolutely. We've been we've been doing a lot of that work, like our own version of that work over the last several years. And to mm-hmm. discover that, like, for, for me, that like joy in my days is something that I can legitimately build towards, not wait to happen to me. Mm-hmm. Like, that's also something that has been important. Like, I can make like in the same way that like I, I make food decisions that are good for my body. I can make, I don't know, thought decisions that are good for my consciousness. Sure. Right? Totally. A friend a couple of years ago, when I was like being self-deprecating, she was like, don't talk about my best friend like that. And I was like, oh, yeah. Like even mm-hmm. doing it like that, like being our best, like how can my myself be my best friend? And even when I'm talking negatively or thinking negatively, I still say that sometimes. I'm like, don't talk about my best friend like that because I am mm-hmm. like my best friend. I'm with myself all the time. I'm, I want to be my best friend. Yeah. You know? So just interesting. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Taking a jump for a second because this question feels suddenly important. What are you curious about right now? I am curious about continuing the journey that I'm on. I guess if that makes sense. Absolutely. I'm kind of curious to see what these next couple of months are going to look like. I think since the start of the new year, I've kind of started some new habits and things and I'm really curious to see how that will continue, especially as we get into this, you know, as we get into the summer and our busy season and when we get back on the road, if kind of some of these lessons that I've been learning or teaching myself will carry and how that will inform life on the road mm-hmm. when we get back on the road. Mm-hmm. Cause I think just to give some context, like, you know, being on the road for so long, kind of being on the move, never staying in a place for more than, you know, two to three weeks at a time, it can kind of force you into this like constant presentness mm-hmm. and this constant worried about this moment right now which is hard sometimes, you know, we want to be present, but it also can be when you're constantly worried about like, okay, where are we going to stay next week? You know, and never being able to think further than like a week out at a time. Yeah. It's, it's hard to think long-term to set goals, to see progress in your life. But I think like, since we have been living in a constant place for a while, it's been really good for me to set goals and to see progress And even just like in small life choices, like having a morning routine, never used to have that on the road, (laughs) eating well, it's been a lot easier in a house than it was on the road. And of course, these things are seasonal, you know, we'll get back on the road and but I'm I'm just kind of curious to see how these routines will play out as you know, when we do get back on the road. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. As you cult, like, if, if I may be so bold, like as you're as you're cultivating the ability and the sense for like doing the thing that feels like the thing to do, like the right thing to do. That sounds like, that sounds exciting. Like you've, you've had, you've had a new experience. It sounds like of, of like contentment and joy, what it means to have a bunch of the upsides of having like a home and a place mm-hmm. and some continuity. Yeah. Cause for those of you who don't know, Megan and her husband, Nate have an Airstream and it's really amazing. And they also have traveled everywhere taking photos of 
humans around the world. So that's cool. Yeah, I guess I guess I'm betraying my own curiosity, which is I'm curious about how you're going to synthesize all the good that you now know and carry it into the next version of mm-hmm. whatever it is. So where this is going is let's have another episode in six months. We'll check in. Yeah. See what's going on. Sounds good. <laughs> I think it is time for this question, which we ask towards the ends of these conversations. And that question is what does an empowered Megan look like and feel like? An empowered Megan is sure of the decisions that she's making, is conscious of her impact on her surroundings, and is actively working towards making the world a more beautiful place. If <laughs> that doesn't sound too cheesy. Not at all. Yeah. I, I live in the cheese. Thank you so much. <laughs> Full-time cheese here. Full-time cheese. Thanks. Love um, it. <laughs> our final question is, what do you know for sure? I know for sure that the earth is a beautiful place with lots of inspiration in it. Mm. If you look for it. <laughs> I mean, you see that in your photography. I mean, you go on your website and you have showcased what that actually looks like when you take the time to look and y'all have looked and you have found and will continue to find beautiful amazing places so i agree that's cool thank you for sharing all of this with us i really appreciate that i want yeah. to have like an entire additional episode about what beauty <laughs> is and what your sense of that is so lots of things to follow up yeah on. thank you for your time and your presence and that gift to yourself also because it sounds like you're really enjoying that too yeah thank you so much for having me So good to chat with you too, always. Thank you. Cheers, Megan. This podcast is the work of Lightword, our company, named for that toward the light direction which informs every single thing we do, including money, which means, like everything else, the way we earn revenue as a company is not based on industry norms. It's based on what feels deeply right and aligned by passing through the door that feels like it has more behind it, not less. And the way we keep this podcast going is all lightward. It's pay what feels good. It's an exchange of value between you and us. We're keeping conventional podcast advertising totally out of this. Here's how pay what feels good works. We give you this episode because it feels good to do so. And then you consider, honestly, what number of dollars this episode is genuinely worth to you. I do not care if that's $3, $1,000, or literally $0 and a heart emoji, as long as that trade genuinely makes your day better. The energy there is the entire point, and that is what we're building our business on. No advertisers, no selling your attention, just you and us trading value in a way that builds us both up. So whatever the number, when you're done listening, head to empoweredhumanacademy.com and hit the pay what feels good button. We use this policy across our company's work, and I'm excited to bring it here to the world of podcasts. This is us voting for the world we want to see. Y'all, the whole point of everything is to open up ourselves in all the fullness we are made for, and then to create, create, create with everything that is real and true and bright. That's the work of a life. That's what we're working on. And you're here because you feel that for yourself, too. And we believe in you completely. Thanks for joining us this round. And hey, for every conversation in this series, including this one, we've assembled a downloadable set of notes, table questions, a journal prompt, and some action steps that you can use to bring the energy and the lessons of this conversation home to your own life. 
head to our podcast website, empoweredhumanacademy.com. Hey, thank you for being here. Now get out there and do something that feels exactly like you. We will do the same. And for us, that includes bringing you the next conversation. We cannot wait. Have an awesome, awesome day.